hit the button and we'll get this show on the road. Why are you boys not racing? Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Damage Plan, Episode 7, and we have an awesome, awesome show uh, for everybody today. We have Mr. David Faulkner, who is, he's not a guest, he's a panelist, uh, but he is going to go over the Sony financials for us and tell us exactly, you know, what could be coming in the future uh, with Sony and PlayStation and that. What can, um, who could, maybe Sony, who can they can uh, buy? I'm stumbling on my words. Invest in, uh, maybe even partner with in that. We've heard Epic and, you know, uh, um, some other uh, uh, companies in that. Are they going to invest in Square? But we'll find all that out today. Um, I'm going to hit the intro and we're going to get this ball rolling. Let me see here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'm really just stating my opinion. I'm not telling you to hate Xbox. I mean, this video might be called, I hate Xbox, but I'm not telling you to hate Xbox. The game's coming to Game Pass. The fight scenes in PlayStation games, however. In fact, PlayStation is putting all their games cross-gen at the moment because they're struggling for players and money. Sony, look, let's face it, let's face it, guys. Has Sony ever been really honest? No. No. They are career criminals. Apparently, they are the career criminals that um, I don't. I don't know. I, I guess they're stealing everybody's money and that stuff. Uh, like I said, uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I'm going to introduce the panel, and I'm going to unleash David on this entire program here. Uh, first, my co-host, Mister Retro. How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. How are you? Uh, so far, so good. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, David. Uh, basically, he's going to be a teacher today, and I'm looking forward to sitting back and hearing what he has to say and learning a lot. But uh, I'm going to introduce Mr. David Faulkner. How are you doing today, sir? Doing quite well today. How are you? I'm doing uh, excellent. Um, I can't wait to sit back and uh, hear what you have to say in that stuff. So um, what I'm going to do is uh, we have – let me uh, – I hope Limp Bizkit's fucking listening. <laughs> uh, I doubt that very much. <laughs> uh, I, I doubt that very much. Um, and what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to expand the screen here. So, I mean, I understand we nobody really needs to know who's really talking and that stuff. I want to make sure I give uh, David's presentation uh, enough here. But what we have here on the screen first is um, it says here uh, fiscal year 2021 consolidated financial results. And this is uh, Sony's financial year of it ended March 31st 2022 so their their fiscal year starts April 1st it started April 1st of this year and then it'll go all the way to March 31st of next year then correct okay um david the yes. podcast is all yours brother uh um so the purpose of this one um podcast really is there's a huge amount of misinformation gets around on twitter and facebook groups and 
Discord chats and all the rest of it. And a lot of people don't really know what the most important stuff to look at is in terms of how to really read and dissect what these reports mean. So I'm going to run through them. I'm not going to bore everyone by explaining them. I'm just going to show you where to find the important stuff and what the high notes are in this particular one. And they'll change from quarter to quarter with depending on what's going on. So in this particular part, uh, a document, I should say, these have been taken directly from the Sony Investors Relations website. Um, this is the stuff that they they produce for public, for the stock exchanges, etc. cetera, uh, investors. When they produce these, they have a big Q&A at the end of it with investors and, and media. So uh, I actually watched the presentation in its entirety. It was quite an interesting piece. But um, these are... These are for Sony Group. I'm just going to specifically look at the gaming segments in Sony. Uh, so if you can scoot down to page six on this one, please. Six. Okay. And David, yep. if you need me to um, to expand it, to make it larger and that stuff, just let me know and I will do that. Yep. Um, am I on the right page? Uh, Let's see. It says here... Adjusted income before income tax? Nah, that's not it. Go to the next one. Uh, You're looking for the one that says Gaming and Network Services. Gaming and Network Services. Um, hold on, everybody. Give me a chance here. Let me get yeah, through this. Take on, take on. Oh, uh, right here. Gaming there and Network is. Services. Okay. All right. So all the stuff that came before this, it's just talking about relativity to the prior year and how much things have moved. But this particular slide in relation to the performance of PlayStation or Sony SIE, you see this pretty little graph and a bit of an explanation to the side. Now, this is sales and operating income. So the dark orange is how much revenue they made. That people confuse sales, revenue, net position, all that sort of stuff all the time. Sales and operating income are two very different things. Sales is effectively the same as revenue. They just take the, there's some intercompany stuff that gets wound out. It's, it's four-fifths of bugger all. Um, so you can see here, financial year 2020 is the reference point on the left. That was a record year. Best year on record, right? This is all in yen. In the middle, you've got financial year 2021. See how the revenue is higher? Sony's actually done their best year on record. But when you convert it to to US dollars, it doesn't come across that way. But certainly for, for someone who has had supply issues like crazy, pushed a heap of games out into this current year, financial year 2022, which will end in March 2023, we had we were supposed to originally have Gran Turismo, Horizon Forbidden West, A God of War Ragnarok, two other unannounced first party titles, as well as Forspoken, Final Fantasy sixteen, and one other major third party that I can't recall, sorry. That were all meant to happen before the thirty first of March twenty twenty one. And they didn't. They happened most most of the impact of that 
won't be felt in there. Uh, even though we had games launching in February and March, the the trail on effect, you know, for these games it'll likely sell 15, 20 million copies. Most of that will happen in the next 12 months. So you get the initial bump, but you don't get all of it. And the initial bump usually generates revenue with having a high amount of cost involved. So there's not a lot of margin in those ones, but you can see there that they've had a record year, not just in operating income um, and and sales as well. Sorry. Um, when you look at the financial year 2022 forecast, though, you'll notice it goes from 2.7 trillion yen up to 3.6 trillion yen, an increase of over 900 billion yen. And that translates into about on about $8 billion USD on a comparison with the FX rate. That's a lot because they've only just done $24 billion uh, in US dollars for the 2021 financial year. They're effectively saying they're going to go up by over 25%. You can see on the side there in the comments that they say the sales are going to go up 920 billion yen, 34%, but take the FX adjustment into account. But you'll also notice that their operating income is going to decrease. Now, that means that they're going to sell something that's going to cost them a lot to do. So it's either a lot of first-party games or more likely there's some more hardware coming. Now, it could easily be the PS5 refresh. Uh, it could It's more than likely going to be PSVR 2. Um, and there's also the, the chance that it's going to be a, a ton of these unknown first-party games. Again, I'm going to start dropping out so that's the that was one of the slides that i found to be quite interesting and in part of the presentation there was a comment was made by the cfo um you know it's a year-on-year increase of um three percent um operating income you know is quite stable in that respect sony's always worked at an operating income of around ten percent um, and this stays consistent with that. So uh, there's ex- expectation that they're going to invest a heap of money. Um, they said it was around 40 billion yen, so around 300, $350 million additional on top of what their first party games to what they're already investing. So, and that's year on year going forward. Um, that's effectively saying they're going to put another naughty dog in service, effectively. That's how, how much it is. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then they're also forecasting about 18, to hit 18 million units sold in the next 12 months. And they're only at 19.7 right now, so they're going to double how many PS... They're expecting to double how many PS5s are out there, so they must have a solution to the current chip shortage that they're experiencing. Um, and from what I have seen and have read... They've got it. The chip, semiconductor chip solutions already at manufacturing from the componentry level from the supplier. So in three to six months, we should actually see those PlayStation fives with the new chip in them coming out. David, can I? Yes. Can I ask you a question here? Okay, so when you're sitting there and you're saying about, and I, I read it too, 
that they wanted to to have 18, 19, you know, they wanted this to be a big year for the PlayStation 5 and them getting it out. I just, for some reason, and I'm probably wrong on this, but I keep thinking that they're holding back some of their uh, PlayStations for a God of War. Um, so once they bring that out, even though they they are bringing it out on the PS4, they'd rather have you you know buy it on the PS5. And I just keep thinking that they're like holding some of those back. I mean, I don't think that you know that, but could they be doing that, or that's just not a smart move? It's not. It, uh, they could. Anyone could do it. But it's really not a smart move when the demand is this high. So okay, um, okay. I don't. I wish I had the demand graphs from my university courses to show you. There's, there's, you know, you have supply and demand. That sort of X-looking graph. Um, the further along demand you get, and then you increase supply, the higher the price gets, and price fluctuation, stabilizations, and all that sort of economics bullshit. Um, basically, at the moment, Sony can't get enough out there to have even stock to sit on the shelves for a couple of weeks. Um, the turnover rate is enormous. Like they're, they're selling out before they can even make them. That's how fast, how much demand there is for them. So when you've got demand that high, you don't need to hold and have a system seller events. Um, they just, people want them that hard. Now, if you had stock sitting on the shelves for two, two to six weeks before it gets turned over, um, that's that's probably optimal. Anything between, you know, one to three months sitting on the shelf before it gets sold. Uh, that's when you really, really need to have those system seller events, those games that really move stuff. Uh, if they're holding, you know, they're only robbing themselves if they're holding stock for the God of War launch because they don't need to launch God of War to have people buy the buy the equipment. Right, and they'll also be robbing themselves in a in a sense that they just finished launching one of the biggest slates of um, first-party games, you know, Forbidden West, GT7, people are going nuts for um, Elden Ring still. There's some other bits and pieces that are PS5. Gives you the best best outcome, especially with the VRR update. Um, you know, we've got two, two games from Insomniac there in Miles Morales and um, Ratchet and Clank. But all of a sudden, instead of being 30 FPS and 60 FPS options, you can play them at 100 plus frames per second without uh, without sacrificing a huge amount of performance in terms the, of the uh, capability. So the, the original release got that upgrade too. Yep, that's right. Uh, so there's there's that as well. If, Insomniac's got it there. I just about guarantee you that others are looking at it. I have heard Grand Turismo Seven may be getting something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. So if you if you think you know GT Seven, because remember GT Seven when they were first talking about it, they said, "Oh, it could could run up to one twenty quite easily." Um, we just haven't worked out if we want to do that or not. And it's launched, and it isn't isn't currently running that, but it quite it could. They could implement a forty fps version and have it run at over a hundred frames a second without screen tearing and full ray tracing whilst racing. 
that would be quite an update now, wouldn't it? Hell so, yeah. So right. part of the refresh on the console to fix the chip shortage issue is they've moved to a slightly different chip. Um, Zubitech's spoken about this heaps of times. So I, I you know, credit to him and, and a few others who have discussed this, written about this. Um, he's uh, he's assured me that the architecture is is not going to be a pro. They're not changing enough stuff in there to warrant it to be a pro. It's just basically like they're doing a slim inside. So they increase the performance on the chips, not going to make any, any change to how the games are del- delivered or anything like that. So there's no real big step up expected at this stage, uh, considering how, how few PS5s are actually out in the wild. Um, so yeah, the, the other piece, sorry, I'm just prattling on about that, but the other piece to go with that fixing the supply issue, they're looking at increasing the development capabilities, I suppose is, is another way of putting it. So uh, we know they've got the acquisitions, uh, and, and they've said they're going to spend all that extra money in the in the development zone. Uh, there's also some comments about integration with the different segments within PlayStation uh, and uh, crossing you know, into music and some other bits and pieces. But uh, the other um, the other key thing is actually not in this particular slide pack. It's in the presentation slide pack. If you're able to grab that one up. Yeah, let me see here. Okay, so we don't need that one. Uh, presentation, bam. Here we go with this. Wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, what page? Or Let me 20, actually. 25, it's down the bottom. See here. It's the second last in the last page. Oh. Uh, cash flow or yeah. Uh, keep going. Keep going down. No, no, the other way. Oh, the other way. Oops. The other way. Sorry. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah and then. Is that? Oh uh, no, you're at the bottom of that one, aren't you? Yeah, page twenty-five. Oh. Is it the next one? Yep. Okay. Let me see here. Go on this one. Speech transcript. Sorry. No, no. Speech speech transcript. Let me lighten this up here. Okay. For anybody wondering, this is exactly how it goes in boardroom meetings. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about something, you need to pop another file open, and suddenly you go, where is it? What are we looking at? Thank God I do what I do for a living. Um, this one right yeah, here, cash flow. No, no, just go right down to the bottom. Let me see if I can zip down here. Quicker. It'll be a really weird looking graph. Stop. Oh, oh, oh! This, uh, this one right here, or up a little bit more? Up, up one more. What was that objection here? Say, yeah, I'm still addicted to this drama. I <laughs> see. Uh, and also, just the information, Wooly is a. Disgusting racer. Disgusting. Yeah. You just knocked no, me off. Scroll down. The... Scroll down. Scroll down. Keep going. Next one. 
Stop. Why do you keep going back up? Go down one. Oh, that's one? There, stop, stop. Stop okay. moving the screen. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My Lord. <laughs> so, this one's interesting. This is explain this particular one here. So it's a four- mid-range plan target for the three years adjusted EBITDA. So EBITDA means earnings before income taxes, depreciation, and amortization. EBITDA is the one that really tells you how a company's performing because it's purely their operating work. This is before you apply any of the the book accounting bits and pieces. Um. And it's basically how you can work out if you're going to pay dividends or not out of the year. So you see their forecast is actually cranking it up quite a large amount compared to the what happened. Now, if you're going to need a bit of 4.9 trillion yen, uh, you're in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, that uplift is quite is quite sizable. Uh, so. If, and I know this probably means nothing to anybody looking or watching this. This um, that's quite an achievement if you're targeting going from three point five. Your target's four point three, but you're actually forecasting four point nine. That that's you know one point four. That's that's well over thirty percent. That that's getting close to the you know fifty percent. That's over forty percent actually. It's getting close to fifty percent uplift. So whatever they're going to do in the next 12 months to two years, well, you see the fourth mid-range plan, it even says underneath there, it's 2021. Whatever they're going to do, they're going to throw some serious work at it because to uplift your EBITDA by that much, you're going to be throwing some money at it and you're going to be needing to put some revenue in it. It's, uh, it's huge. And so if you combine that with the graph we looked at before where it shows you what our revenue expect their revenue expectation is for for that part. Um, and this is sorry, this particular graph is for the whole of Sony, not for just gaming, but PlayStation makes up over fifty percent of 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 Sony Group's revenue. Right. They are the, the mainstay of the company at the moment. So whatever they're doing is driving this. Because the other segments, their forecasts aren't looking that that big a jump. Like they're talking two, three, four percent increases, maybe five percent. PlayStation's looking at thirty odd percent increase. So it's going to have a huge impact. Um, and as a reference point, if you want to use Nintendo uh, Xbox as a reference point, because they're the only other, they're part of a bigger company being Microsoft. Xbox makes less, generates less than 10% of Microsoft's revenue and anything that Xbox does will have a minimal effect based on what they were talking about doing in the next 12 months. Anything they do doesn't have as big an effect as what PlayStation does to Sony because of the size in relative to the company. Um, anyway, yeah, scroll down to the next one. Okay, I want to ask you this. When when you sat there and said that, I'm not too sure who put it out there, but I was actually telling Retro before the show that there was there was like a, a pie chart, and it showed what uh, all the um, – I guess you can say what, – what, what's the, the big term? Subsid- subsidiaries? I think it uh, is. 
Oh, was this the pie chart that showed who contributed how much revenue to Microsoft? Yes, and Xbox yes. was like, Seg- what, ninth or 9%? Yeah, segments is what you're looking for. So the Xbox contributes 9% of revenue. Uh, but the, those graphs are all, as handy as those graphs are, they're always a bit misleading. Okay, okay. Uh, That's why I wanted to ask you. Because I'm like... I, you know, you, I can put graphs up that show you who makes how much revenue, but does the company actually make it money? Right. You can't, you can't tell me if the company's making money just by looking at their revenue charts. Uh, and I'll show you why in a minute. Um, this particular one here, this is their capital plan excluding financial services. So you can see that they've they've got a plan in their fourth mid-range plan there, that, that third bar graph. You see that they've got $2 trillion or more for strategic investments. Now, this is Sony-wide, but we're talking about they're looking at having $4 trillion, uh, 4 trillion yen, sorry, or more available for investments. Wow. So That's about $30, $30 billion. And $30 you, billion US dollars. And you don't have, I mean, I know you wouldn't be able to say it, but, like, what the hell are they planning? What what the hell's going on? And this is just, are you just saying that this is a huge part of the gaming side that, that they're going to be putting a lot of this investment in? Well, it, it, it's fair to speculate, and I say it's fair to speculate because I, I can say there's a lot of stuff that I can't say, but there's a few things that I can say. And for the few things that are well known, like, yes, PlayStation is the one that's making most of the noise about the mergers and acquisitions, but don't forget, Sony and Honda are about to start making cars um, oh, and yeah. e-scooters and a heap of other stuff. Sony Music is about to start um, a massive crank up in, a, in live streaming. And um, there's the investment with Epic... And Epic owns Bandland, and Bandland is basically a, a platform for musicians to make their own music and publish and sell their own music. Sony's making a big push into the metaverse, and they said as much when they spoke about the uplift of how their uh, music section is performing. Uh, you know, 34 out of the top, or 36 out of the top 100 Spotify played songs every single day is owned by Sony. So the amount of money they're going to make off it, and, and it may also mean too that music into games and live services and all the rest of that stuff. But the, do, the, do you think they'll make a new version of home to run it all through? Like the matter, you know, the way all these companies are making their own metaverses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, PlayStation, PlayStation Home was pretty much an early version of that, was it not? Yeah, yeah, it was, and and I would not be shocked. In fact, I'm expecting that when PSVR 2 launches, you'll have PlayStation Home 2.0 will be your landing point. See, that's what I was thinking, yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so there's this capital They can literally sell all their products through that. They can, they can do their movies, yeah. their music, their game. Yep, one-stop shop. So, yeah. And that, that's... Um, I, 
yeah, and I know it's getting a bit off topic, but uh, Sony Pictures has spoken about the opportunity for them to get their hands on Warner Brothers um, Discovery. Okay, (laughs) now, David, you sat there and said about uh, Sony getting into the cars. Callie sat there. He says Sony is also getting into the car business with Toyota, and the CEO stated they wanted to get into the space tech, too? Yep. What? Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) Sony is a electronics manufacturing company. They've got the they Sony's one of the biggest chip producers in Japan. A lot of people seem to forget that Sony don't make the, the gaming chips for their PlayStation and other stuff, but they do make their own semiconductors and computer chips for a lot of the other products that they make. I believe they make their own um what do you call those things? Guidance chips. So the the gyros and and other electronic bits and pieces that go into the Sony Air One, the the drones they make. Uh, don't think, and it, you know, anybody who watches sport, you ever seen Hawkeye technology, all tracking, okay. super slow mo, all that sort of shit, mm. all made known by Sony. What? Yep. So you watch football, basketball, cricket, baseball, whatever it is, and they say, yep. Bang, ball got hit, and you see the little graphic on the screen that tracks where the ball went? Yeah. That track tracking technology is owned by Sony. What? So it's half the cameras, lenses. Yeah. Well, see, cameras, okay, so, yeah, Retro, <laughs> you sitting there saying that, uh, there, a, a guy I used to work with, um, he he's a photographer. He swears by Sony with the um, their lenses, he's like, there's nobody out there that competes with Sony. He says, Sony's yep. lenses are the top. There's nobody that comes close. They are just that good. I'm like, seriously? He's like, yo, they are that good. I'm like, holy yeah. shit, dude. Yeah, see that whole image censoring processes and stuff? They all make all of them themselves as well. The cameras are ridiculous. Yeah, so I don't know if you, if you guys watch tennis, but see the ball tracking for the... You know, the close call in and out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they, they can get down to a point one of a mil accuracy on something that's not moving in a straight line that it's coming across. Those cameras can pick it up, get to point one mil percent of accuracy and pick that ball up traveling at over 200 kilometers an hour. Yeah, okay, David, I'm, I know I'm, I keep getting you off topic, but I just got this one last question, and then I'm not going to bother you anymore. Yeah. Callie sits there and says, Sony Music Japan is also a big investor in the Peanuts cartoon. They own 40% yeah. of the brand. What? Yeah. So at the, it's a funny work with some of these oh Japanese companies. That it's not necessarily the parent company that owns a stake in something. Some of it's a subsidiary. So, for example, uh, you would think all the gaming stuff related with Sony would would come from PlayStation, but Anaplex owns uh, the mob that do the Crunchyroll stuff. They, they have two gaming studios or game development studios that do the mobile games for their, their anime tie-ins for, for mobile gaming. That stuff doesn't sit within PlayStation. It sits within a totally separate department. Um, music's got that buy-in with... Uh, with a peanuts piece, I think movies owns part of a some hardware piece. Sorry. So, no, you're all right, mate. 
Um, the little yeah, one's yeah, got yeah. an attitude. <laughs> <laughs> this is not normal radio, people, so deal with it. Go ahead, David. Object- Sorry. Yeah. Objection. My dog says hello. <laughs> <laughs> Here's that. <laughs> Every time you say that, all I can think of is Ace Attorney, mate. Draw it. It's. it's <laughs> Yeah, somebody anyway. done that. They turned the whole conversation into that we Ace Attorney cartoon thing. That was yeah. I think that's a bot, but that was hilarious as fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, um, but anyway, back back to the point here. This yeah. particular graph, it's it's important because it it shows you what their intention is in terms of investment, and and it also shows you where they're getting the money from. So, on the left hand side, it's telling you how much they want to put into what section. Acquisitions specifically for PlayStation, a lot of that will come out of the strategic investment pool. So they've got two trillion, and keywords are or more for Sony Group to invest. That's fifteen plus billion dollars on top of the ten plus billion dollars that they already had set aside. So, and. That's key to note because it's separate to that. It says capital expenditure. That's where capital expenditure is where the money for that chip factory and the production factory that they're getting that deal with Honda to build the cars from. Capital expenditure is around infrastructure and equipment and production lines and all that sort of stuff. So the near, so 1.7 trillion, where... That's $13 billion they've got set aside for that stuff. So there's 15 odd billion dollars for the strategic investment. That that includes the share buyback program for, you know, 200 billion, which is, you know, not much at all, to be honest. Can, can I ask a real quick question on that? What, what, and I, I keep interrupting, but I, it, this is just, to me, it's, it's learning so much. What is this? buyback share thing i mean is this so they hold more stock into like the uh, their own company or or another company or something like that what what is that it's it's very commonplace that companies will buy their own shares back from investors um there's different reasons for doing it some excuse me one uh one reason is it's returning returning capital so it's a way of getting profits out of a company buy the shares back, give the people their money. Uh, it can depend on whether the, they're paying above what market or below market or whatever they're doing. Uh, other reasons for doing it is to protect the share price. Uh, if you've got less shares on issue, uh, you're all of a sudden creating a, a demand for it because you've got less supply. Uh, another reason is that you're, you're buying back shares as a way of distributing capital. Uh, depending on the shareholders, some of them will enter into arrangements to purchase shares and, and have them bought back at three or five years or something like that. Uh, usually that's with high dividend and high yield growth shares. Uh, Sony's not particularly one of those, so I would suspect, my suspicion is the main reason why they do this buyback is to remove the smaller non-institutional investors that are not in-country uh, I haven't seen the share listing come through yet. It should be due by the end of this month. But I suspect that the 
the reduction in shares outstanding, it won't have had an impact on their major shareholders because they wouldn't have sold the shares. It would have been the, the smaller funds that invest in Sony for different reasons. Um, call it the mum and dad or the you know the portfolio investors. What it means is without spending a single cent for the major shareholders, they've just increased their power in decision-making over uh, with Sony. They've, they've strengthened their their grip on the company and uh, what that can result in is say the major shareholder one of the Japanese or there's three Japanese banks that are pretty much the major controlling shareholders of Sony right across those three banks they own about eight to nine percent each so there's say let's say ten percent there's thirty percent they owned before the buyback after the buyback, they might own 40%. All of a sudden, that that voting block itself uh, means that an increase to that 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 point, Sony's pretty much a no-go zone for anyone. Uh, 40% of the shareholders voting says X, Y, Z. Well, then you can't get a three-quarters majority to do anything. Um, and it basically means that the bosses of those banks or the investment people of those banks effectively make all the decisions for Sony in terms of strategic plan, direction, and all the rest of it. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's... And Microsoft do it. Uh, General Motors does it. Ford does it. Uh, Wells Fargo does it. Like, it's... Yeah. It's a common thing across listed companies that they'll, they'll buy back shares when the markets are low or... They'll buy back shares because the shareholders want to increase their their strong strong hold on it. Um, for example, when there was a big share sell off, when uh, Activision acquisition was announced and Sony dropped fifteen percent, everyone went, "Oh, that's the end of it. That's the end of it." I said, "No, hang on a minute. Check how many shares are on issue and who bought them." When the share price dropped. All the major shareholders went and bought all the shares back off the mum and dad style investors and speculators who wanted to offload them. They were straight away. All the, all one the of panic them, sellers? Yeah, all the panic sellers. One of them increased their holding by nearly 2%. Wow. <laughs> so there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a concentration of, of shareholding into some of these pieces. And, and it, you know, it's no secret that the Japanese government wants Japanese critical companies to be owned by Japanese people, not owned by foreign investments and hedge funds and that sort of stuff. So makes sense. Uh, but yeah. So part of the strategic buyback also means that they got these shares in their back pocket if they need to raise money. So uh yeah they they're they're giving yeah, it's it's quite an interesting thing when you when you really get into the nuts and bolts of it. But I mean Excuse me. The key piece for this, that left-hand side of the graph, is that or more. They are prepared to stump up, in terms of strategic investment, fifteen plus billion dollars USD or more, if they need to. So that's and that's quite telling. That's quite telling. That's a lot of money. Hell yeah. That's a lot of money. So but wait a minute. I that, thought Sony a, was broke. They don't have no money. They're bankrupt or they're in debt or, oh, wait a minute. That was, that was coming. I'm sorry, David. That was a couple of months ago and yes. false, false stuff. Sorry. Sorry. 
Yeah. Tell you, mate. I tell you, the harder I try to educate you, some days I just shake my head. <laughs> on the right, on the right hand side of this graph, it's telling you where they're getting that money from. And you take notice that they've got some carryover, a little bit of carryover from the previous one, that they have then got a heap of debt financing cash or asset sales, which is effectively bugger all, um, which means they're not borrowing their money to do this. They're funding, because it's that next piece of operating cash flow. Remember when I said EBITDA was very important? That feeds back into this. They're going to fund 3.3 trillion yen or more of that 4 trillion yen from their operating cash flow. So again, whatever they're about to do in the next 12 months, they are seriously expecting to sell a shitload of something. There's a lot of money about to start rolling in the door. And considering this tough year they've already had, but they've been on an absolute ball terror for the last three years, they're then going to have an, you know, a one-third increase on top of what they're already doing. Think about what a one-third increase would mean in just PlayStation alone. Uh, you know, we're getting a, a one-third increase on the games that we received compared to prior year. Well, there's seven, seven or eight first-party games came out in that F1 2021, the 31st of March. We're going to get 10 or 12 or 13 in the next 12 months. Like, I'm seriously, to ponder on that for a moment, how, how many more we could possibly be getting considering how many we know we're going to get. I think it's three, three PlayStation-exclusive games that we are aware of being Forspoken, um, Final Fantasy sixteen, and God of War Ragnarok. If you can tell me what the other 10 or 12 are going to be, I'd be grateful. <laughs> Like, and uh, I'm serious, I'm serious. <laughs> and we have heard nothing from them for the last, what, two or three months. We've got no idea on what the outlook looks like. And for various different reasons, I'll talk about that later. But, you know, that's that's the sort of stuff that they're, they're expecting to have happen because they've basically built it into this, their, their reinvestment plans. So... And if you go to the next slide after this one, this pie graph here explains it. So you can see there's 29% of them are closed, 24% are decided, but there's 47% of that strategic investment piece of 2 trillion yen, so 15, $16 billion that have not yet been decided. Now, we know, they know about some of those strategic investments, obviously, because they've said we're going to do the share repurchase and we've got ongoing discussions with multiple different development houses for, for the gaming side of it. But there's a lot of money there. And you think about who's sitting on the shelf ready to go that you could get for less than $15 billion. That's a long list, especially if you start going after studios that aren't necessarily rich with IP, but they're rich with talent. Because, as I've said, I think I've said it here in the past, but I'll say it again, employees don't add value to a business's sell price in the way that they're accounted for when you value a business. 
they and it's 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 not a bad thing. It's wages don't add to the value. Wages are a subtraction point. So if you think of something like, uh, I'll use them as an example, CD Projekt Red. If you go and value, what's CD Projekt Red's valuation based on? Well, it would be based on the potential to generate earnings at a discounted rate for inflation. And then what's their fixed assets, non-depreciable fixed assets, so their buildings and land and stuff like that. And then what's their IP valued at? And when you add all those three things together, it will not equal what their market rate is or what their share prices are. It won't even come close because share price does not indicate company value when you're talking about buying and selling it. Share price is basically an indicator of what people are prepared to pay to get a return based on what their earnings potential is for their company. But if you have a company that makes, say they make $10 billion in revenue, but they're continuously making operating losses, they can't pay you any dividends. Do you think that company is going to be worth anything? So, I'm just amazed by with what I'm looking at, all of the acquisition of music. And I, it was, it, this might have been six months ago, and this wasn't on, um, uh, what was it, like any kind of YouTube, but I was hearing that Sony was having problems with their, their music uh, division. And this year tells me they're not even close to having problems. They're like, it's like they're lighting this up. I mean, NetEase I, Cloud Music? What? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite big. And, I know we're getting off topic of gaming here, but if you get an opportunity, I strongly encourage people to go and listen to that webcast. And I know it don't, doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. You'll get the sense pretty quickly about how optimistic and how strong Sony currently is sitting in a market and an environment that is very, very challenging for them. I seriously, they're coming into, they're coming off record years and they're looking at record years. In, a, in an environment where they're probably down 30 or 40% on what they are, could be achieving, mainly because of supply constraints, supply chain logistical constraints, uh, but also disposable income due to the inflation rates going up all over the joints. So, uh, but Sony Music is absolutely powering on. Their main growth areas, are, they're talking metaverse, Impacts uh, getting music, licensed music into Roblox, uh, oh. and 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 other things like that. But obviously, they've got the Fortnite tie-in with Epic. Uh, they they've got huge plans going forward with the music division. It's uh, it's actually quite interesting what they want to do. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm not going to cut you off by the Fortnite thing, but I'll I'll DM you about the uh, the Fortnite thing uh, later on. I want I want to ask you a question about that, but yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, so that's pretty much it on on this one. There's only one other piece that I wanted to touch on in terms of financial performance, and that sits in the financial statements. Financial statements right here. Okay. You want to go down to. See here, I can actually see it better. I don't know why. I gotta get glasses, man. That's what sucks about getting old. 
So take take it down to page eight, which is Consolidated Statement of Changes in Shareholders at Equity. Said eight. Page eight. Oh, that's nine. Eight is up here. Uh, consolidated statements. Uh, you said equity changes. Changes in shareholders' equity. Yep. More. Keep going. Damn, this is David. You go through this stuff every day. Oh yeah. my god, dude. Glad you got the brain for it, because I don't. Oh, mate, it's once you get used to looking at it. So you're looking at the financial statements, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, oh, it must be up near the top, sorry. I'm trying to think where it was. Roll up there. Okay, that is... That's yep, the... no, scroll. yep, scroll down from there. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. Should be the next one or two. Yep. Keep going. Keep going. Hmm. There it is. Oh, there we go. So let me bring this up. There's a lot of num. This this is a report that's for financials, Smarties. Um, this, this particular one. Um, ignore the top section. Okay. Uh, so that's the second part there. So balance as at first of April twenty twenty one. You'll you'll see the total equity across the far right hand side of the top line, six point This is in millions of yen, right? Okay. So there's six point seven trillion dollars worth of total equity for the shareholders. There was, and then there's the, so this is after the buy, um, where the buyback has its impact. So as you roll down, you'll see that, you know, you got the, if we just look at the total equity column on the far right hand side, you'll see that where the movements are. So they've got, you know, 888 million. Well, it's 888 billion yen um, worth of net income. That's money that the company made. And then you've got your income taxes paid there. So their equity increased by 632 billion yen. So with billions and billions of US dollars in terms of equity uplift, you'll see that there is a per, um, dividend declared, the 79 billion yen and the tri- uh, purchase of treasury stock. And then you'll also see there's non-transactions with non-controlling interest shareholders and other. Those d- reductions are investment pieces that had been made after the fact from Sony. And then you get your balance as at March 31st, 2022, 7.1 trillion. So Anybody who wants to sit there and say that Sony is broke, bankrupt, not providing value, their share prices tanking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They've got a huge amount of value sitting there. 
and aren't even close to having an issue with their owner's equity. Not even close. So I just wanted to bring this one up just to point that out. Oh, I'm going to clip this. I'm going to clip this, and then every time somebody says something in a tweet or on a YouTube podcast, I'm going to keep putting it in the chat and that stuff. Keep looking at this. Just look at this. Just to prove them wrong. <laughs> can't help yourself, can you? No, I can't. Because I'm t- I am I get tired of hearing it. Oh, Sony can't afford that. I mean, t- t- two weeks ago, it was so, so, Sony. Yeah, Sony has a, you know some money, but they 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 couldn't they couldn't afford um, a Take Two, or they couldn't they can't afford Ubisoft or or EA or so. And I just keep your voice. Is in the back of my head going, yeah, they can. If they really, oh. really wanted to, they could. <laughs> they could do it with ease. They've got, like, the, the only debt that Sony has relates to their financial services to do with their insurance stuff because you have to record it as a debt. Sony's effectively, in terms of trading debt or, or you know, business, business loans, that they're effectively debt-free. Not only that, they're major shareholders of banks, national-sized banks, in an economy that is growing, and they're, a lot, they're the darling child company of the Japanese government, who the government will never let Sony fall over because they're quite a critical piece to, to the Japanese success as a nation. Like, anyone sits there and says Sony's done, or that idiot did the other week, oh, you know... Xbox does whatever it is, and Sony's finished. You couldn't be any dumber than you're actually putting yourself across right now. People say stupid shit like that, and yeah, I just sorry. I don't mean to get get on about it, but uh, it just drives me nuts. So, but I, I'm just trying to think of how to explain a, a point on this. So there's $7.1 trillion worth of equity there, right? And remember I said that a share price is a reflection of the ability for a company to earn and return on investment? Sony's market cap on current share price is $14 trillion yet. So it's trading it. It's basically its share price is trading at two times its equity. Is that great? Not really in terms of an earnings multiplier, but it means that it's got a secure and stable base. Whereas you look at someone like Microsoft, unfortunately, they're no longer a $2 trillion company, but let's say they're running $2 trillion as, as their market cap. I think from the last reports I read, they were a $200 billion equity, something stupid like that. And they're trading 10 times higher than what their actual uh, equity value is. So they've got a lot more of a downside to them in terms of loss potential than what Sony does. And they're, they're inflated by a lot more. And that's just part of how it works. The US companies are always six, seven, eight, ten 10 times what their actual equity value is because of how hard they value them and where their stocks are exchanged. Whereas, and they run really skinny, um, 
expenses side on their P&L because they want to return as much to the investors as they can because that's what the investors demand because if you don't run 3 4 or 5% dividend yields and all that sort of stuff, you're not going to get the money from the investors. And remembering that American companies pay their executives with share options, so the executives are constantly trying to pump their values up. And they all go pop. Every single one of them that does that goes pop. Microsoft is going to have a its moment where it goes pop not too soon because they've got tens of billions of dollars worth of share value there that's artificially inflated because the executives are keep pumping it up. Sony doesn't do that. Sony runs low operating margins because they invest the money back into their people. They invest the money back into their products. They, they have a huge amount of, of individuals that rely on those production lines continuous, continuing to run. And the investors, their banks, they don't really care about the return. They want to see growth in their investment because they hold it for the long term. So there's no massive hit needing these big dividend yields and earnings ratios and all that sort of stuff. Though, again, I'm not. You can't really compare these two because they're two very different companies with two very, very, very different sets of business segments operating in very different areas. The only crossover point they really have is in the gaming segment. And even then, it's chalk and cheese. Gaming segment for, is, is pretty much half of Sony at the moment, whereas it's less than 10% of, of Microsoft. See, uh, Callie brings something up, which... <clears throat> and this was... I've heard this since the financials came out about Sony putting, um, what you know... The I apologize if I'm getting his name wrong. Um, Hiroki Totoki is did correct. I say that wrong? No, that's correct. Hiroki okay. Totoki. Okay, but they, people were looking for the console war BS in there because he came out and mm. said that he's they're not looking at another company and what they're doing and first parties and that stuff because Sony's first party. You know, it, it generates them a lot of money, but then there's a lot of money that goes into, you know, those games to make them look and, and be the way they are in that stuff. Like I said, people yeah. were trying to look for the console. He wasn't, to me, it, it was not, he was not trying to put down Microsoft. And just like you sat there and said, these are two different companies. They're, they're moving into, you know, uh, Game Pass. That is what Microsoft or Xbox wants to concentrate on. And Sony just wants to concentrate on, let's put out these first-party games that people are going to want to buy and, and things like that. But um, I wanted to bring this up. Mm. Callie sat there and said, well, Sony has money. They can't go out spending as much as they want in that stuff. It's just Sony is just trying to – they're trying to spend smartly. Um, yep. is, is, is what they're trying to do, right, David? Yep. So there's two key words, spend, invest. Right. You can, the difference is you spend money, you don't expect to get anything in return. You invest money and you expect to get it in return. And Stony is a very prudent company where their return on investments actually have minimum requirements. They don't just say, oh, if we break even, happy days. They go, no, we actually need this thing to make a return so we can do the next thing. Because if we don't get a good enough return, then it puts the next thing under pressure. And 
you know, surprise, ladies and gentlemen, that's how most companies operate. That's called internal working capital. If you can't debt finance something, and it's been stupidly irresponsible to debt finance your entire company the whole way through, if you, you can't debt finance everything. You've got to have internal working capital. Uh, and that's how Sony operates. That's how Toyota operates. That's how Ford operates. That's how Intel operates. That's how most of them operate. Shit, even Amazon operates in the same manner. West Farmers, BHP, you pick it. Whichever, you pick any longer company that's been in existence for more than 20 years as a whole. And it's internal funding that keeps them growing and keeps them rolling and keeps them moving. Even Microsoft. Microsoft exists. They don't have hardly any borrowing. They generate a shitload of cash flow. They use that to fund themselves internally. That's what they need to. But if you break it down to a segment by segment point, Sony makes money across the board except for financial services. And there's there's some accounting reasons for that. Music, movies, gaming, sensors, cameras, they all make money. You go over to Microsoft as a comparative point because we're working our way down to the segment level. Most of Microsoft segments, business segments make a shitload of money and can continue to fund what they need to do. However, not all of them do. Once you get down to the division that Microsoft Gaming exists in, which includes personal computing and Surface Pro, Xbox and Surface Pro do not generate enough money to be self-sustaining. And micro and um, personal computing is borderline at best. They get their funding for their segments from cloud services. Cloud services is offsetting the losses and funding internally what those three need. The cloud services wasn't as big as it is. And cloud services at Microsoft is about the same size and impact on keeping that company afloat as what PlayStation is for Sony. They're nearly, you know, 30, 40% plus of the revenue that comes in. It comes in through that segment. So they print money hand over fist at Microsoft for that department. And it, you know, all credit to them. That, that's their main state. Microsoft is software and, and cloud services. Uh, you know, software is a solution. The, that's where they should be focusing on, a, you know, I've got my opinions. If you know, being a Microsoft shareholder, I've got my opinions on what they should cut out. But unfortunately, they don't listen to to their shareholders at a, at a smaller level. They just listen to what the executives tell them to do. So, um, but yeah, the if you breed it right down to that base level of you know gaming versus gaming, PlayStation clearly is self sufficient. It generates enough. But if you were to sever that and say we're going to sacrifice all this revenue to give value to the gaming segment in terms of the subscription service. And we're going to, instead of having the ability to spend the time and invest the right amount of money to make these big high level AAA game flagship games that really push the industry forward, various different points, we're just going to retract back to what's a safe point and invest less and just churn them out faster. Why would they want to do that? And and I'll put and I'll I'll put it into a, a simpler context. We know that PlayStation make twenty five billion in revenue and two point five billion in operating profit. 
so they're ten percent operating profit, and then they've got to pay dividends and taxes and stuff out of out of that two point five billion dollars, right? We know that in the last financial year, or last calendar year, sorry, for January twenty twenty one to December twenty twenty one, Xbox made sixteen point seven billion dollars in revenue. Xbox has got twice as many development studios, plus they pay for games to be in Game Pass. Yes, Sony has games in PS Plus, but Sony doesn't have to keep them in there for more than a month. Whereas some of the Game Pass stuff stays in there for six plus months or longer. So it's sixteen. So $16 billion in revenue. Xbox generates $16 billion in revenue totals. They've got twice as many developers to pay. They've got a higher cost of putting games in their subscription service than PlayStation. And they have Microsoft being the giant company that it is as their overhead corporate. How, how can you then sit there and say, well, if we, we assume that they pay their devs about the same amount, how can you say if they got twice as many people to pay and, and twice, nearly twice as much cost as what Sony would have? How can you sit there and say it's profitable? How can you do an operating profit at that level? It's, it's, it's just even if it's exactly the same as Sony, not, let alone not doubling it, let's say they have exactly the same amount as Sony. They're talking about $22 billion worth of cost on a, 16, a $17 billion income. Now, unless they're paying someone really cheap or they're shifting expenses out of their books, they're running billions of dollars worth of losses, operating losses. That's got to be offset by somewhere just to cover the losses alone, let alone to be able to provide the funding to reinvest. Now, the 70 Can they billion hide those losses in other sectors, though? They do. All their, their, oh, um, okay. their cloud streaming, cloud gaming, the xCloud stuff and all that. That, that gets right. shifted off to Azure. So their biggest oh. revenue earning, their biggest um, segment is actually covering the bill because, and it's, it's well known that the boss in charge of Azure hates Phil Spencer for that reason. Whoa. So if, it's, if you think about, that's simple math. That's, and everyone says, oh, no, Xbox is making profit. Xbox is. Just think about that for a second. Xbox has got twice as many studios and a lot more developers to pay than Sony. And and they operate predominantly in the US where the cost of paying a developer is a lot higher than what Sony can get away with. But let's just assume they're the same cost. And as I said, without even doubling it, in terms of all, you know, the, the studios and all that are very similar in structure and, and the development pipelines and the technology they use and all the rest of it. Just just alone, if you said my Xbox would have around about the same expenditure as PlayStation does before you get to the corporate shit at operating profit level, before you get to all that funny book stuff that they can do, how can a company that makes $16, 17000000000 billion with likely expenses in the 20s, how can you tell me that they're making an operating profit and they're sustainable? They're not. And I, I, I will challenge anybody to prove me wrong on that point because that X, that Microsoft will never show you them, not because they're trying to hide it, but because it's immaterial. In terms of the whole Microsoft 
financial reporting point, once you get below a certain percentage level, you're just a footnote. You don't actually get a, a, a highlighted point. And Xbox is less than 10% of their revenue, and it's making an operating loss. That's why they bundle it in with other things that can sort of offset it, and then they only ever talk about the revenue growth, and they never talk about operating income in segment lines. They just say, oh, the personal computing revenue growth was 7%, and their operating income was XX, whatever it was, and it's barely moving. Why is that? And, and it's always been a copy and paste of the reasoning for the last six quarters. And, and whereas PlayStation and Sony, with these reports, man, they're asking you to check the color of their underwear. Like, it's that's the difference between the two. And, and you know, I, I know I'm waffling on again, but that's that's the sort of stuff that people will get in and have an argument about without thinking about what they're talking about. Well, here, here's something, um, and uh, not to sound rude or anything like that. And apologize. Hmm. I apologize to to David and that stuff. We got about uh, twenty. I have about another twenty more minutes. Plus, Wooly just started his show, and I know you're supposed to be going over to there and that <laughs> stuff. But yeah. here's this is. I wanted to uh, throw this out there to you. I saw this this morning, um, and I I shot it to you. Uh, I think this morning and that stuff. But with everything going on and all this money that they have, and then all of a sudden I see. Oh well, PlayStation is you know kind of like teaming up with Bloober Team. Um, could mm-hmm. that be where they're they're bringing uh, their games into Sony's uh, services? But then I also keep hearing, and this has been going on since last year, that they're doing, I guess, their take on Silent Hill. Um, could this possibly be you know the exclusive that everybody keeps talking about? With Silent Hill, that you know, it, it, it maybe they're doing a deal. Um, it, in in your opinion, or maybe actually you know a lot more facts than I do. What what's the the Bloober Team thing kind of going on? What's what's going on there? Well, it's a bit of a curious one. Sony sent a heap of lawyers over to Poland nine ten months ago, and they've pretty much set up camp over there, and they've been very very busy. A lot of the chatter coming out was CD Projekt Red was a target. And, you know, that, that's not been a secret that amongst certain circles that CD Projekt Red is is in need of a management restructure uh, and is also in need of some funding. Uh, but the other thing that's just quite interesting is is the geographic location of Poland presents an opportunity for Sony to set up something very similar to like they did with China Hero Project. Um, you've got a heap of Ukrainian devs that are having to flee their, their home country, unfortunately, uh, due to those circumstances, and they're all going into Poland. So there's opportunities there for them to assist and help, Sony to assist and help in that respect, but also other neighbouring countries are able to access uh, Sony to a degree, but in specifically around this blooper piece, PlayStation's had limited dealings with the Bloober team in the past, 
Uh, yes, Blue the team are, are good at doing horror games, but they've never really taken that big leap up the AAA level. They've they've had you know, good good double A games. They've never really taken that big step. I enjoyed the medium. So, yeah, it's you wouldn't put the medium in the same conversation as RE eight or something like that, though, would you? No, 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 no. So, how does how does a team that's got talent but poor management and and minimal budgets and and production oversight bits and pieces? How does a team go from you know mid tier double A to cracking the triple A space? Well, if you've got one of the biggest parties in town having a conversation about mergers and acquisitions, wouldn't you go and knock on the door and say, "Hey, can we have the chat?" Uh, now, as a term in in regards to the the reasoning for this deal, pretty clearly there's there's benefits for the PS Plus lineup, um, but that would normally not come out as a you know, a marketing production agreement that's usually just a, we'll pay you this much to have them in there for this long. So uh, I think there's usually where there's smoke, there's fire, and the smoke's been hanging around for a while. In terms of it being this the Silent Hill game, if, if it is a Silent Hill game, I wouldn't say it's the better of the two or three that they're potentially making. Um. So... They certainly have the technology and the ability to do it. They just need that spit and polish. Now, Sony has got the rights to it, and they've got all their other, you know, who in the Sony stable would you get to do it if you're going to get them to do Silent Hill? Right, right. Kojima, Kojima's your first, it's instantly the first person to ask Kojima. I thought, well, yeah, but Kojima's already got two games going. And possibly, if this would make it his third, and his team's not big enough to handle three games, that's pretty evident. So either they're going to spend a lot of money letting Kojima run right over three games um, and take forever to get anything out because of how he likes to be so perfect with his stuff. And fair enough, I don't have any issues with that. Uh, Or who else do you give it to? Naughty Dog's flat out. Who else has got the ability to do a horror game in the Sony stables? No one. Well, so then you have to take it out to the market. And who, who are you going to well, get to do it? Well, 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 wait, 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 wait. There could have been one. Yeah. Team Asobi. The Japanese team, they have former um, Sony Japan devs, which worked on some of the Siren games, I believe. Yes, well, yeah, that's true. Team Asobi's got three uh, games on. But, yeah, that's what I was just about to say, but they're very busy. So yep. yeah, I would so, I would contract it out. I would. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, if, the you're best. Gonna, if you're going to contract it out, who do you talk to? You can't. Capcom won't do it because it'd be directly competing with one of their games. Um, Konami's not got the manpower to do it. The only other Japanese developers that I could think of that would be able to do it. Most of them are either already doing something else for PlayStation or they're, they're um, owned by a competitor. The, yeah, so if, you, if you're looking at who's available to do what, um, you don't really have a long list when it comes to horror if you're looking at established teams that, know, that sort of know what they're doing. Um, yeah, look, the difference between the medium being a, what it was and, and being a top-shelf AAA horror game it was just a bit of guidance. 
you know, you could see that the, 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 the skeleton was there and it had a, had a bit of flesh to it, but it just needed that, that Sony, you know, that, I'd say the PlayStation productions of magic. My wife um, enjoyed it well enough from when she played it. She's oh, I'm not, not taking anything, not taking anything away. Oh, no, here, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of the game. Um, mm. It come across as very point, point and click to me, like I didn't, mm. uh, but, yeah, the wife enjoyed it. Yeah. Sam, I wanted to uh, bring these two uh, comments up. Um, Sam Walton said CD Projekt Red would be a huge if that happens. Uh, Jonathan uh-huh. Martinez says, I've heard Sony is looking interest in Poland and Japan. And then uh, Sam Walton says, combine CD Projekt Red, Red maybe with a Capcom or a Square. Um, and Jonathan Martinez says, or more like JRPGs, but... Um, I love the Capcom thing. That's the thing. You know, a certain segment want more JRPGs, certain segment want more Western RPGs, certain segment want more stuff out of Europe, certain segments want more of this, certain want more of that. PlayStation's got such a broad range of stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, it's almost impossible to predict what's going to come out. Well, you know, but basically looking at the numbers, some, some stuff is coming because, geez, they're going to have to do a lot of work to get to that target that they're aiming at. And when, when, when you're forecasting stuff at that level, you're not sitting there going, well, we'll just put it up 33, one third, and we'll, we'll say that's our target. It's not that simple. That's not how it's done. They actually get those numbers into these reports, put them to the market, you've effectively got to go and list out everything item by item that you're going to do and put a value on it and put an expectation on it and actually quantify it. Uh, some of these forecasts can take three or four months to build because it's basically going game one was launched on this date, expected will sell this many units and this price. Game two, launch date, units, spells, price, game three. And you think about how many games coming out in a year and then peripherals. This is just for the gaming segment. Expected monthly active users. Does it fluctuate with what games are coming out? What do we expect as an uplift with PlayStation Plus new t- three-tier system coming? We're going to have some go up, some come down. You know, you got to sit there and work out every little detail and what you expect it to do based on quantifiable assumption. And then you get to a number at the end of it. Whatever the hell they've worked out, they're going to be either doing a lot of it or they're going to be producing some pretty big hitting stuff. So, to, yes, there'll be JRPGs, there'll be Western RPGs, there'll be horror games, there'll be point and clicks, there'll be a plethora of things, major third party, major first party, second party involvements. Um, Mutant Studios is apparently doing a remake of a PS1 JRPG for PlayStation, and if that goes well, they could be doing two more. Right, it's just... Nearly every team within PlayStation Studios is working on at least three games. The only team that's not working on three or more games is Pixel. Is is it Media Molecule that made Dreams? Yeah. 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 That's the only team that's not working on three or more games. Everybody else is three plus games. Oh, boy. Um. What I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to uh, cut that uh, right now. 
Um, yeah. Just because uh, I want to get you over to Woolies, I got to actually go get dressed for her birthday. So, yeah, um, but cool. th- you know what? Th- uh, this is something I'd actually like to come back to. I mean, Davis, you're open to it and that stuff. I'd like to come back to this and get and dive even more into it because I think there's there's a lot of stuff out there we didn't really talk about the PSVR uh, two. Mm-hmm. What could th- what uh, that could be doing for Sony plus the games. Um, you talking about with uh, the studios doing three games except for uh, Media Molecule. Yeah, Media Molecule. I'm saying this wrong. Molecule. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but we don't know how many games. Maybe they're in third party to bring over stuff like that. I'd like to, to get back on to this. Um, I'm going to I'll DM you. Uh, we'll figure out like a time and a date and that stuff so we can jump uh-huh. right back into this. Um, yeah, what that's going to do it. I know it's a short show, but, uh, it, it, it's the <laughs> David and retro need to go over to Wooly and I'm going to a birthday party. So that's the, the gist of that. If you guys want more of both of these guys head over to Wooly's, uh, company of gamers that is on right now. Um, make sure you follow these guys, uh, David, where can everybody find you at your socials? If you you have an upcoming YouTube channel that people are going to definitely want to check out, I know I will be. Uh, sell your stuff. Yeah, so you can currently find me standing in my kitchen. Uh, in terms <laughs> of socials, you can find me on Twitter at four. He's naked as well because I've seen the pictures. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Now I will not be showing the wife any of that. Put- so if you put them up, I'll charge you for them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, yeah, so, um, Borky87 is my Twitter. Um, yes, I've got a YouTube channel. It's coming. I promise it's coming. We're in the final stages of pre-production for that now. Um, got a few interesting things planned for that, that channel. Uh so keep an eye out for that one when it, when we get it going. I'll, I'll let everybody know. Uh, yeah, if you've got any questions about been spoken about today, just hit me up on Twitter. If you can't get get me on my DMs, just tag me in something, and we'll get a hold of Doom, and he'll uh, he'll point me in the direction. But um, yeah, thanks again for for listening to me waffle on about numbers. Most people find it quite boring, but uh-uh. I can uh, I, I you know read the tea leaves of what they've said and. And it's actually quite exciting. I know people get the shits with Sony doesn't say, Sony don't talk. Sony doesn't say anything until they know for certain, especially after what happened with The Last of Us 2 and this week's delays of Redfall and Starfield are exactly the reason why Sony says nothing until they know for certain. So, yeah, whatever they got coming is quite sizable and they're expecting it to, with some fairly good level of certainty to hit in the next 12 months. Yeah, and I definitely want to get back and, and talk about that. That's really, it has me really, really interested. Uh, so we'll, uh, I will keep everybody up to date on what's going on, when that show's going to be coming. Um, Retro, uh, tell everybody where they can find you at on the socials and maybe your uh, YouTube yeah, you channel. Can find me on no, just Twitter. Uh, the Family Man Gamer. <laughs> if you want my gamer tags or anything like that, they're in my bio. Either way, um, but shout out to you, Doom. Listen, people, follow Doom. He puts a lot of effort and time into these shows for this channel. So give him a follow. We don't get enough prop. 
I try to get people that know what they're talking about and they can spread as much information as they can out there. That's why I love having David on. Of course, he's a part of this panel and that stuff. He's not a guest. He is a part of this panel along with Retro and I. So, um, but DZ and uh, Shaggy and Wilhelm with the, the, the mind that he has, we're going to actually have him on uh, in a couple Sundays. But uh, yeah, just um, uh, I'll give everybody an update of what's going on on Twitter and that stuff. But uh, that is going to do it for us today. Uh, we'll have a part two to this very, very soon. Um, but uh, otherwise, everybody have a great day and a uh, great rest of their weekend. And we'll see you on the next one. See everybody later. Take care. Remember, double strap because the first one might break. <laughs> you don't need to cut out like that.